When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly View system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so we're back and it's a tale of twin game weeks this week as a flaccid Saturday left many of us hoping for aubergine-style redemption in our Sunday roast. Well, I mean, it kind of came, didn't it, Nick, with with the one goal? But at the end of the day, it, it was a pretty poor game week. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of those really that we've got to power through and look forward to the double game week next week. Uh, I'm joined today by Nick. He's still here. Uh, what's going on, mate? How are you? Yep, I'm good. Thank you. I'm still here. No baby as of yet. This is due date today, but yeah, not, not yet happened. So if I have to <laughs> run off, you know why. But uh, yeah, we should be able to get through this pod and uh yeah, looking forward to it, dude. Uh, yeah, just quickly, um, our name is Who Got the Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and online at whogottheassist.com and follow us, subscribe, tell your mates if you like what you hear. Cool. Uh, glad to squeeze one more out of you there, Nick. Uh, so today we're going to talk about a couple of things uh, growing out of game week 33. Kane, Salah and and hits and uh, is a player ever worth a minus eight before we turn our attention to the upcoming double game week, of course. And I think we're quite glad, aren't we, to be turning our attention towards the upcoming double game week after the game week we and the majority of the community have just had. And of course, our features and community section will follow everything that we speak about in terms of our main themes. And thanks for those questions, as always. Yeah, thanks for the questions, uh, guys. So um, I already know, Tom, but uh, the question we always start the pod with is, uh, how was your game week? Right, let's get down to business then. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 30 points minus uh, minus four, Nick. It's, it's not very good. It was all looking all right, acceptable, until the Chelsea goal. And the Chelsea goal was Azpilicueta, who I removed for Jan Vertonghen to finance Kane coming in. I think Captain Kane, I um, I had a bit of a bottle on uh, on Saturday morning. I woke up and I, I think that I'm less of a gambling man in, in the morning than I am in the evening. And that morning, for whatever reason, on Saturday, I just... Yeah, I was spooked by, you know, you sent me a, uh, something, didn't you, from Sky Sports saying that Kane was in contention yeah, to start. It said, on, <laughs> it said on Sky Sports News, Kane in contention to start. So I told told you that. And then you were like, oh, that's it. That's too much for me after hearing that. Even though I knew he was probably starting. I'd just woken up and I was vulnerable, I think. And uh, yeah, I just, I moved on to Aubameyang. And obviously it was looking fine yesterday, looking fine when the goal went in. 
and then Wenger took him off on the in the seventieth minute or something what when mean? they were just 2-1 up, which was really, really confusing because he doesn't have a game midweek. Very bad. Um and then uh yeah, the the Chelsea goal, Aspilaquesta scoring his first goal since game week nine, you know, everyone all the hype of being about Alonso, goal Alonso even, and it was just it, it was really, really difficult to take, to be honest, just because it was just pure dumb luck that um that that has Piliqueta scored and uh, yeah yeah um, so I end up on, on thirty points minus four so actually twenty six I think it's a, a, a tiny red arrow yet again uh, taking me to about you know two hundred eighty two hundred ninety k or something like that before double game week but what about you Nick how did you do yeah I mean it was very similar for me I ended up with uh, just the twenty nine points so one less than you. Um, Highest scorer was on my bench, and that was Chris Smalling. So oh, I, decided to, no. I decided to bench Chris um, against Man City. Didn't expect anything from him, of course. He goes ahead and scores. Like you're with your sale of Aspilicueta, it was quite galling to see him <laughs> turn yeah, up and points, deliver yeah. the points. The um, rest of my team was just absolutely shocking. Just uh, one pointers all round, yellow cards from the likes of Loton and Lukaku. Just a. Uh, William, Mares, Murray all getting two points. Dunk and Morgan and Schmeichel as well. Nothing from those guys. One pointers. Yeah. So yeah, just a bit of a disaster. Kennedy got my three points off the bench. Whoop whoop. And uh, <laughs> El Yang was my captain, so I did get the twelve points from him. But he was subbed off early, and then he looked like he was going to be in the bonus points. But then he ended up not being in because of the Cedric getting another assist and Iwobi getting another assist, which meant that he dropped out the bonus points as well. Just which was. Really frustrating. So just a just a twelve points from him. Pretty pretty poor game week all in all. And uh, yeah, definitely one to forget for the uh, for the community at large. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's just one of those game weeks, isn't it, where things have gone pretty wrong for a lot of people. I've, I just want to have a quick shout out to our friend Neil Gupta here, who took a minus eight to bring Harry Kane in. He removed uh, Leroy Sana amongst others. Saturday he was on eight. Minus eight, so he was on zero, <laughs> and um, it's, uh, it's 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 he's ended up on nineteen points uh, after getting the Aubameyang goal today. Uh, got the two pointer from Willian, as you said, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those game weeks all round that's just one to forget and yeah. uh, one to move on from relatively quickly. And we're yeah. very glad we've got double game weeks to look forward to. Definitely, I think the whole Kane situation as well. We must just talk about. So I was quite relieved, but I did feel sorry for all those Kane owners. So. A lot, of you, a lot of you guys all got Kane in for a hit. He had Stoke away, looked like a decent fixture. And then he had that goal that was like taken away from him, even though he's saying to all involved that he did get a touch and he felt it and he yeah, wouldn't celebrate. It was mine, it was, mine, he was saying. It was wasn't his goal and, you know, and uh, I'm sure he wants to claim the goal, but yeah, I don't think he'd that flat out lie if it didn't if he didn't feel the touch but no it's been re- rewarded to Ericsson and uh, then he got a yellow card as well so I think he went from about nine points to one which is probably a 16 point swing if you've captained him and uh, yeah pretty yeah, okay. oh. pretty damn unfortunate for owners it is really unlucky I, I think that let's uh, I mean you just mentioned the people taking hits I think let, let's talk first about players and if they're ever worth a hit I think because it's a natural kind of segue so Salah obviously a lot of people were looking at him after the, the slight injury in the uh, in the Champions League game didn't didn't feature versus Everton of course so we've seen a few sales of him and uh, Firmino um, was sold by quite a few people including myself this week 
But I, I think it's interesting to talk about quickly because a lot of people were saying, you know, if I'm cleaning out my closet and I'm trying to get a player in, if I'm going to take a minus four, if I'm going to take a minus eight, if I'm getting a player like Harry Kane in, he's worth it. Uh, he's worth the captaincy for that amount. I, I just want to talk about whether a player is ever worth that amount of hit, whether a player is ever worth setting yourself back that much. Uh, what do you think, Nick? I mean, obviously you didn't take the hit on Kane this week. You've managed to kind of stick to your guns and do a sensible Murray transfer in. Is a player ever worth a hit like that? And is a player ever going to, you know, force your hand to the extent that Kane appears to have forced a lot of people's hands, including mine? I mean, it's definitely tough. I think um, I was a little bit worried when um, everyone seemed to be bringing in Harry Kane and a lot of people captaining him. And then you were looking at the fixture and it was Stoke away and and he tends to score big against Stoke when he plays them. And, and I guess you can lose yourself a little bit within the community when you see all the people talking about how they're bringing him in and captaining him. And you're thinking, oh, I've got to I've got to bring this guy in as well. But I tried to maintain a little bit of composure because I did know as well, because we saw, um, thanks to Anfield Express, we saw the Liverpool team sheet um, earlier before the deadline. So I knew that Firmino wasn't playing. I also knew that Salah wasn't playing. So, you know, that's a potential that I could have taken a hit and sold these guys. But I was looking at, like, the only way to get Kane in would have been potentially for either a minus eight or a minus four and, and selling Salah. And it's just it's just something I didn't want to do. I felt too uncomfortable um making a move for a player who's just recovering from injury. I also remember around January time when I brought him back and he was still a little bit injured and everyone thought he was going to play the double game week fixtures and I triple captained him and that kind of kind of got shot in the foot a little bit then because mm. he wasn't fully fit. And I thought, oh, there's a potential of that happening again. His, his minutes are going to be managed or he's going to take a little while to get back to his uh, you know, his best form, which we often see with Kane after an injury or after a summer that he's not always... Um, at his best for a couple of game weeks before he sort of starts getting fit and firing. So for me, that that risk was too much. Um, and I guess it's the same with um, I've only taken one minus eight this season. And that was that was for hazards. And there was like a whole patch where everyone was worried about hazard and how he was a must own. And mm. I'm not sure if any player really is is worth the minus eight. Because I think, you know, we saw with Hazard his inconsistency and, and he's tanking again right now for all those that invested in him. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm, I'm worried that there's going to be a repeat activity now for Sanchez and all people are going to start trying to, you know, lose themselves and like bring in Sanchez and take yeah. massive hits to bring him in. I just think it's a little bit mad, personally. Yeah, I, th- I think you can definitely be swept away. I mean, I had a look at our historic activity um, in terms of taking minus eight. In fact, you've taken two this year. Oh, have I? But- yeah, you, you uh, took one out. The, the minus eight for Hazard, I think, is actually more of a minus eight because of your mare with the goalkeepers. Remember, you took out uh, took out the wrong Palace keeper, so you had to write that the next week. Yeah. Um, and uh, you also took a minus eight uh, for the Masuaku spit. Um, you had to remove him for Simpson at the very last minute in that game. Remember, that was a week he didn't start. Uh, that's, that's a bit of a waste that's, of a minus eight. Yeah, <laughs> Marty started. And I, I actually haven't taken a minus eight this year. Last year, you took three and you had an injury crisis. I don't know if you remember well. I remember it very well when you were struggling to field 10 players. A lot oh, of the yeah, so Bellerin, Bellerin wasn't playing in defence. Phil Jones 
and Johnny Evans or perma injured yeah, defenders yeah. were yeah yeah you That's invested in a, in a sturdy defense so you you took two minus eights for that and my only minus eights last year I took a minus eight of course we both took a minus eight uh, due to Charlie Austin Gate but apart from that I only took a minus eight in the double game weeks so the fact is I think that we're we're fairly hit averse people the only hits we take that like I take a minus four if I want to take a risk I don't take them uh, you know all the time the default is kind of normally not to take a hit normally it's just to use the free transfer um and it seems that a lot of the time our behavior is that we take a minus eight if we need to i'm not sure if there's ever going to be a player who i mean you've got kane you've got salah who are players who on their day can be absolutely explosive and you know salah has been consistently explosive i suppose we can say this year i think with a minus eight you set such a high threshold for yourself you need all three players that you bring in to have three points and also to outscore the players that you've removed. It, it just puts you in a very difficult situation where you're just chasing from the very beginning and you have to rely on a very kind of improbable set of circumstances coming together before you can be successful that week. Can you see a minus eight ever being feasible? For example, you know, Salah before game week uh, 36 against Stoke. I don't think so. I mean, the thing is, I wouldn't want to sell Salah anyway. I'd I, I think if you were to sell Salah, um, it would have been last game week. And I feel like um, a lot of people are still talking about selling him. And I feel like that opportunity's passed because um, I think with Klopp, he's indicated he's actually should be fit to start against Manchester City. So I guess you would expect him to play against Bournemouth. He's now valued at 10.6 million and I bought him at 9 million. So I would have to sell him at 9.8 and then potentially buy him back as well at 10.6 would then be um, a 0.8 million loss. And I just don't think that would that would work for me. And um, I know um, there's been a lot of... I wanted to talk about Salah a little bit more because I think a lot of people within the community have been making the case for selling him and, and talking about how the likes of Ali or Ericsson or Sanchez will outscore him and his minutes are going to be managed and, uh, you know, Liverpool don't have any doubles and all of this, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And... And I just kind of had a quick look to at sort of like Salah's um, sort of points over the last uh, seven game weeks and compared them to Ericsson, Ali and Sanchez. Salah's um, over the last seven, he's amassed 84 points, which is pretty, pretty damn incredible. Compared to Ericsson in the last 10 game weeks, he's done really well, 6.4 points per game. That's 64 points over 10 games. Ali, 57 points over 10 games. And Sanchez, um, he's only got 49 points over 10 games. So Salah's uh, 84 in seven games just proves that even without the doubles, and he's also got free, he's also got the game in 35 as well, which I'd want him back for anyway, even if I did sell him, and it probably have to, would mean 0.8 million less in my free hit team. That's that's the main reason why I, I couldn't sell this guy, and I'm I'm happy to to bench him for the one game week and, and play Kennedy. Yeah, I, I think so, and I, I think like those. The numbers for Salah just, I mean, I had the choice of selling Firmino or just selling Salah. Firmino, I had 0.6. Salah, I had 0.8 because I bought him back actually in game week six. I sold him in game week two, um, as you remember well, I'm sure. I think that with Salah, that he's got Bournemouth next, right? Game week 34. I think I saw a lot of people selling the two of them on, like losing a lot of their uh, built-in team value that the two of these players probably had if you had them early. I think next week we're going to see a lot of panicking about the fact that a lot of people don't have Salah anymore and Salah has Bournemouth. Yeah, completely 35. Going to want him back for West Brom. 36, I'm probably going to want him for Stoke. Yep. 38, I'm going to want him for Brighton. Uh, it just felt, you know, midweek, I think last week, I was saying, yeah, I'm looking at selling Salah after the injury. 
And, you know, the, the fact that it was actually a little bit convenient to sell him to bring other plans to fruition. The reality, I think, is that the fear factor, and that's something which is very strong and only really kicks in before, you know, kind of the Thursday, Friday before the game week. That's going to really kick in next week for a lot of people who don't own him. And I didn't want to be part of that. I didn't want to be sitting through next Saturday when Liverpool play, play Bournemouth sitting through that game without owning Salah at least and I think that we're over egging the idea that he's going to be wrapped in cotton wool like I can see the the tendency to think that way but at the end of the day he's still going to be saying to Klopp I want to play because I want my golden boot I'm going to, I want to play because I want to take on Harry Kane the fixtures are so good for Liverpool apart from that Chelsea game in 37 I just feel like I was going to regret that sale a lot more than Firmino yeah, for sure. And you've also got to add in that captaincy factor. A lot of people right at the top are going to be captaining Salah as well. So I'm probably going to be captaining. There's too much, um, at least in a couple of those game weeks, I'll probably captain him definitely in 36 when he plays Stoke. And uh, yeah, I think you just have to factor that in as well, that if you don't have him now, you've, you've got to kind of bring him back in. And there's, there's a lot of danger and there's a lot of risk in that strategy. And whilst he might have looked like a good move in the short term, especially if you brought in someone like Ericsson or, or Sanchez with those funds. But in the long term, it, it, it looks a bit bad. And I think um, that's why I couldn't sell him. And then the only other ways of getting Harry Kane in would be to um, to take either a minus eight or a minus four and then sell one of my double game week assets like Son or, or Mares for, for someone a little bit cheaper. And, and the budget was about 5.2, 5.3 million. So then I'd be throwing away both Firmino and Salah and I I just wasn't sure about that didn't work for me yeah I I can see that and I think a lot of the time if the 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 hits you remember are the ones which come off for you big time the hits you don't remember are the ones that you try to forget about because they've gone very poorly and I think a lot of the time if you look at your past record look when you took a hit and the positives and negatives that you get out of them most of the time it's going to be a negative unless there's an injury of course and I think that that kind of seems to be how we both play sometimes hits especially with a minus eight I mean you you can be very good you can get that kind of that cane hat trick that you're looking for but a lot of the time I think that um, I exercise caution with hits and it sounds like you do too okay um, let's take a break there and um, after the break we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the double game week that's upcoming and have a little preview of it who got the assist who got the assist so we're back uh, back again and uh we're going to just talk about the upcoming double game week. So uh, it's quite an exciting one. Um, I think you're going to use your bench boost, aren't you, Tom? I'm actually going chipless because I'm, I've already used my triple captain. I'm planning on bench boosting um, in 37. But it's, it's one of, um, I think, FPL fans um, across the world's uh, favourite game weeks because uh, it's a chance, especially with all the planning that's gone into this, to really see some dividends and typically, hopefully, uh, see some big green arrows as um, a lot of us have up to almost 28, 29 players playing in this game week if you've bench boost or like me, if you haven't bench boost um, 21 uh, games to, to support your players in, which is uh, yeah quite exciting. And it's a, it's a packed fixture list. I'm not sure actually when we're going to do our next pod, but um, yeah, we're, we're ready. We've got our teams almost set. I've already actually done the transfer, Tom. I've done my transfer to get Harry Kane in already so um i'm, I'm all set as far You're as taking the minus four already I haven't taken the minus four i'm oh, thinking straight, about the minus straight four. up swap now nah, straight swap um Aubameyang. gonna gonna follow the uh boomerang strategy i guess and uh 
probably bring him back, but he's left my team. He's he only had the single game week. I could have sold Lukaku, but uh, yeah, that'd be madness when he's got West Brom and Bournemouth up next. Uh, so I swapped out Obama Yang um, for Kane, and hopefully that move will pay off. And uh, yeah, got my team. It's looking it's looking all right. Uh, could be a bit better, <laughs> I guess. There's a few there's a few suspects. Um, that sounded so confident. It's looking so all right. There's, 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 I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh yeah, it's totally going to be good with uh, Wes Morgan and Lewis Dunk in defence. Oh, <laughs> <okay. laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think um, yeah, I'm all set. Um, how about yourself? Are you you ready? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I'm bench boosting. Um, I've had this plan in place for quite a while. Uh, Dunk Murray. Uh, all these kinds of players have been in situ. My bench is uh, that it's going to be boosted is looking not very good. I mean, you've got Ryan uh, from Brighton, you've got Lewis Cook from Bournemouth, you've got Morgan, you've got Tarko. Uh, but I think the reality of the bench boost is something that people forget sometimes. Like with the bench boost, the fact is that the minimum, and I think that uh, Chief uh, FPL Hints has been on our pod before, uh, he tweeted the other week that the reality is that you want 16 points off your bench on a bench boost. That's all it is. It's a boost. Like your double game weeks are all about your key men getting two games. Uh, yeah, last season, I had a look at what I got like, in that infamous of, uh, game week where you pipped me to the high score by that Ben Davis assist in the last minute. Um, last season, I got 17 points from my actual bench. So I did a bit of bench wankery, <laughs> but my actual bench was Pickford, Yoshida, Holgate and Anichibi. Uh Pickford got a six, Yoshi got a nine. And Holgate and Nietzscheby got ones. And I got 185 points because players like Sanchez and players like Kane had a double game week. And I think that that's what you need to remember. Uh, anyone who's looking at it and fretting and thinking, oh, you know, I've got terrible players coming off the bench. Focus should be on your players who are the key players who are coming in. So, you know, I've got Kane, Son and Vertonghen from, uh, from Spurs, which is a, a bit shifty, but we'll hope for the best. I'll have David Gea and Lukaku, Willian, Mares, you know, all of these guys that hopefully are going to have a field day and just supplemented by these kind of no-hopers coming off the bench and getting me a four-pointer as part of that. And obviously, I'm keeping Salah as well. Uh, but I'm removing my Arsenal assets, um, same as you, actually, and uh, doing the same kind of uh, boomerang thing because we're both playing free hit, aren't we, in 35? And... Uh, that means that we're not going to see these guys again almost until 36. At which point, Arsenal play uh, Man United, so I'm not going to miss my Arsenal assets. And I can kind of maybe even roll it and captain Salah against Stoke or Kane against Watford, which is when I was initially going to get him in. Like, you know, I got Kane in this week because he was fit. Otherwise, it would have been Vardy. It just had to all be done. And uh, I think that I'll be okay with uh, my 14 plus one coming off the bench and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, hoping for that kind of green arrow to take me to near the 100k. Uh, but the season's obviously looking a bit, uh, a bit dicey to get anywhere above that. Are you putting the uh, putting the captaincy on the on the Kaku, Nick? Uh, not at the moment. I'm pissing on Harry Kane, actually. Wow, um, really? Yeah. So I just watched that Manchester United game, and just Lukaku just did nothing. I know Man, uh, Man U had a really good second half, but I just. I just can't trust Lukaku. He, he doesn't do enough for me. Um, Harry Kane, I know I've just talked about how he's coming back from injury, but he just has that additional explosive factor. Could easily get a hat-trick against Brighton. Um, could easily score against Manchester City as well. With Lukaku, I just can't see him ever scoring more than a brace in any game. He just 
I don't I don't know. It's something about him that I, I just don't trust him enough. So I think um, for me, the captaincy goes to goes to Harry Kane. It's just um, what what I'm thinking about now is whether I actually um, take the minus four and bring in another defender. And um, we're going to talk about defenders and premium defenders a little bit later, actually. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one for me whether I take that hit or whether I rely on the likes of Wes Morgan and, and Lewis Dunk. And Casper um, Schmeichel have also got in goal, so it's not looking too uh, too sturdy a defence. I think, but our teams are actually looking very similar as well, Tom. We, we've, we've converged again, unfortunately. I think we've got yeah. the same front seven, haven't we? So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's just it's just that time of the season, really, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes the fear factor plays a plays a very big role. Like I'm probably going to bring Lukaku in. I, I'm not a big fan of doing that, but that West Brom game. Might, like that could be an absolute massacre. It really could. Like if and we're going to speak about Man United in the community uh, questions bit, but if, if Mourinho takes the handbrake off, uh, we could definitely see something happen in that first game. I think that would be more than enough incentive. I think for Lukaku to do something. I mean, he he has been playing as almost like the defensive forward in football manager parlance, hasn't he? Just being like a, a big presence up front to create space for other people, uh, but. Against his old club, it, it, he could really do something, I think. Some other teams than Nick, I mean, you've just mentioned Spurs, um, Harry Kane. Yeah, probably a captain pick. I, I, I'm i between Kane and Kaku at the moment. Sonny, well, what do you think is going on with Sonny? Do you think Sonny's going to play those two games? Has definitely uh, dropped off in terms of the underlying stats for the last couple of matches. Yeah, um, because I've, I've transferred him in. So um, I actually <laughs> had, I had Ericsson for the last... Um, numerous game weeks up until the blank and uh, of course those were the game weeks that Son decided to score his braces and now um, now I've got Son it's Ericsson that's scoring braces getting goals and it's just it's just really frustrating it's always the way isn't it is the one player you sell um, and that's why we always sort of advise against sideways moves as well because you could have easily done an Ericsson to Son sort of sideways move it wasn't quite a sideways move for me because there was a blank game week and then a wild card but uh yeah, it's just really frustrating to see him not scoring and, and not getting any points game week and the, the likes of Deli Alley and, and Christian Eriksen being the, the ones delivering for Spurs. But um, I think it's a case of this is my team. I've got to sit with it. You know, I've got to sit with it. I've got Son. He's got a double game week. I'm not I'm not going to sell him. Like I said, mm. you know, I could take hits out. I could be like, oh, Mahrez is bad form as well. Maybe I should be taking a hit and um, swapping him out for um, someone who's in better form. Um, you know, maybe I could go Son and Mares to sort of Lingard and Ericsson or something stupid like that and take more hits, but it's just it just doesn't work like that. Or maybe Pogba as opposed to Lingard because Pogba's um the one who's just got the, the brace in the last game, but it could easily um easily swap around every game we could be so I think um this you know, this is what I say, sort of like I'm happy with my team. You know, as happy as I can be, even though like Mares, William, so none of these guys have done well for me since I've brought them in on my wild card. But they do have the double game week, and I'm ho- have to hope for some sort of redemption. I mean, like you've mentioned, mentioned Mares. Mares still over the last six game weeks is looking pretty good. I mean, he's had 15 attempts, which puts him in the top five it shots inside the box. Uh, he's he's kind of in the top five as well. And in terms of big chances, uh, again, he's had three, so in the top five. And the same with Willian. Like we saw Willian uh, this evening creating and yeah, almost could, scoring yeah, yeah. so much. And he could have had a hat trick of assists, actually. I watched yeah, that game. I was just like, it's oh, really frustrating. Incredible. But then he didn't he didn't really get too much into the box either. I noticed he was sort of like lurking on the edge. 
a lot and i was like will he make a run but like he'd always hang on the edge but then he'd do a killer pass and and someone like um alonzo morata um was offside actually so he could have easily got an assist there but uh yeah there were a few opportunities for william it's just it's just quite painful to watch of course uh William, um, after when I brought him in the wild card, got ten points. Morris got a ten and eleven, and when I brought him in, he's now got two twos. It's just, it's just, for, or a three and a two. It's just really annoying. But at the end of the day, I brought these guys in on the back of their good returns three weeks ago, and uh, you know, I have to have faith that they can now, um, you know, repeat their heroics from the game weeks where I didn't own them. Yeah, exactly. And you've got player. You, you just mentioned Mares as well. I mean, we've got we've got to mention Vardy here. Uh, Vardy is probably one of the most interesting players that I'm not going to own, <laughs> just because obviously we both got our reservations about Ratface. And in the last in the last six games, if you look at the stats, like again, he's kind of t- towards the bottom in terms of having attempts and also having uh, having shots on target. But for whatever reason, he seems to he seems to be converting at the moment. He's one of those players. But they've got a very good pair of fixtures, don't they? Leicester, Burnley, and Southampton. And you've got to be thinking that maybe Mares and maybe Vardy, if you captain them or indeed triple captain them, they are the kinds of players who are going to be making a difference to a lot of people's season. So you've mentioned your captaining Kane. Would you ever put anything towards captaining Mares for this kind of game week? Because they are the two sorts of teams that he could score, you know. 12, 13 points again. If you get that in one game, you're, you're golden, aren't you? Yeah, potentially. And uh, I am, well, he is my vice captain. Not that that's going to matter this game <laughs> week. But um, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have enough faith in him to deliver compared to Kane. And I guess it's perhaps that fear factor as well with Kane. You know, that a lot of people are going to be captaining him and you want to, to cover you know, that risk of him getting a haul or a hat-trick in mm. one of those games. And like I said, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to be captaining Lukaku as well because he's probably got, um, United probably have the best fixtures of, of them all with a West Brom at home and the Bournemouth away game. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure I trust Lukaku enough to, to captain him either. Uh, yeah, I think I might captain Lukaku, to be honest. But let, let's see. I think there's a lot of triple captains, which... Uh, we're going to go on Lukaku before uh, the performance yesterday. And I suspect that they may still go on him. The West Brom game, especially, is going to be one which people are going to be looking at and thinking, yeah, I mean, if he scores one in both of those games, like he is the kind of player these days, especially, who scores the third goal in a 3-0. And you can see that Man United will win both of those games fairly comfortably. Uh, Lukaku contributing the goal at the very end. So, you know, 12 points from your captain. 24 points, 36 points from triple captain. That's fairly acceptable, isn't it? Uh, so I think a few people will be looking at that. Uh, let's have a look at some of the... So you've so spoken about some of the wheat, haven't we, Nick? Let's speak about some of the chaff of this particular game week. Uh, so you've got uh, Brighton. They've got uh, an OK double game week in uh, in, in Crystal Palace and, and Tottenham. Uh, you've got Bournemouth, who are pretty poor. Uh, you've got Burnley, who are most people's chaff, uh, with Leicester and Chelsea at home. And also, um, you've got the like uh, Southampton, uh, who have Chelsea and Leicester. So, how have you planned your chaff? <laughs> That's a strange question. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've planned it by by having as little of it as possible. And uh, I mean, I've got Glenn Murray. He's he's got Crystal Palace away. He's got Spurs at home. You have to hope that he might get me something, at least one goal, something to reward, reward us that brought him in. I've also got Lewis Dunk. 
Wes Morgan and, and Lowton. And I'm, I'm not playing the bench boost, so I have to play one of them. Or I can take a hit and upgrade one of them as well. So um, at the moment, I'm leaning towards Dunk over Lowton. Just because I think... Um, I know Burnley have um, sort of been a much better team than Brighton this season and uh, have a, had a lot more defensive solidity. Solidity. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just I just think that Brighton probably could get a clean sheet against Crystal Palace. Um, and Dunk has a bit more attacking threat compared to Lowton. So, at the moment, I'm leaning towards um, playing Dunk and Murray. But then uh, the rest of my team, I, I mean, I'm going to be tripled up in Leicester. I have a Chelsea player, a couple of Spurs, a couple of United, a couple of Liverpool. And then um, so also one bench, um, first choice bench player as, a, as my uh, backup in case someone gets injured and, and doesn't play any game. So what about yourself then? You've avoided Southampton, haven't you? I know you had Cedric in and he, he got a couple of assists this game week as well. A pair of assists, didn't he? Uh, it was the same, a similar sort of story for me, actually. I'm, I, th- I think I'm going to bring in Lowton for... For Staffy, I've I've got a choice of is is four point eight million is what I need what I've got if I do Aubameyang to Kaku. I think it's probably going to be Lowton uh, and double up on the Burnley defence over doubling up on the Leicester defence with uh, Simpson or with uh, Chilwell, which is my other option, just because, you know, which one am I going to trust? Well, two home games for, for Burnley, I'm sure that one may well end up in a clean sheet. Uh, but it, it is very it is very difficult, isn't it? I think Dunk of is probably the most, the most dangerous of the Brighton defenders. He's had uh, five attempts in the box in the, in the last six games and you no, know, I, I played him for his uh, his majestic goal a few weeks ago. So I'm hoping that happens again. Um, I think I think one team which is kind of a bit below the radar is obviously Bournemouth with uh, Liverpool away and Man United at home. Uh, Stan unfortunately uh, has uh, written off for the, for the for the rest of the season. Uh, but but there's the uh, I've got the. Lewis Cook. There's the other Cook, uh, Steve Cook, who's actually in the top three uh, for attempts in the box amongst defenders for the last, mm-hmm. uh, for the last six games, and he uh, nodded the ball on for the anti-metas uh, transfer in Josh King to score this week. Would you ever look at any players like that with an adverse double game week and hope for something, or would you just kind of be avoiding them completely? Avoiding them completely for me, to be honest, unless it's a case like with you where you're really strapped for cash because you've front-loaded your team so heavily that um, the likes of Lewis Cook, who's, who's very cheap and likely to pay both games, just has to sit there as bench fodder. But I think with a, a couple of fixtures of Liverpool and United, I'm, I'm not going to be going anywhere <laughs> near them. And I think... Um, so um, I, I did notice that Southampton and Burnley actually have the, the same fixtures, but the opposite way round. And we talk about Southampton's fixtures being really tough. We haven't actually talked about Burnley's double game week actually being quite a, quite a horror show. So I'm, I'm avoiding Burnley. I'm not sure if uh, investing in the Burnley defence is, is the right way forward either. So at the moment, Lowton is on the bench and possibly out my team as well because... I'm going for the 37 bench boost and mm. Burnley only have the single game week that week against Arsenal. So I don't want him in my team. And um, this will be a good opportunity to to sell him because I, I will have to sell him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, it, it's, it's one of those things where I've got to have a 4.8. So I've got to have either, basically I've got to have Lowton or Chilwell. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very unsexy call, isn't it? I think mm. probably, I'll, yeah, I'll probably do the, I'll probably, uh, yeah, I probably, yeah, I might look at you know, Chilwell's got the explosiveness versus Lowton having the, 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 
the more and, solid defence. I, I don't know. It, and Chilwell, Chilwell's got a double as well in 37. So if you, I know you're, you've already, you're not bench boosting that week and you've probably already got set 11, but it'd be good to have that sort of backup in case he needs to be called upon if there's like a, you know, injury crisis and you're looking at hits or something along those lines yeah, as well. Exactly. I've got Morgan too. So it's a bit of a, Bit of a dicey one. I mean, I, I'm not entirely. Uh, the thing is with these, with 34 and 37, which one's a bench boost in, which one's triple captain? And I'm aware of a lot of people are going to be listening and saying I'm going to be triple captaining in 34. Um, I think it is a, it is slightly much of a muchness. Like the the difference for me was that 37, the the triple captain fixtures was so good for Harry Kane and probably Sergio Aguero or uh, Gabriel Jesus or something like that. If you if you want to take the spin on the City player. Um, but I think either way, it's going to be, um, you know, expectations-wise, probably something that you're hoping at least to hit the triple figures, if not more. But probably just, you know, triple figures would be kind of the minimum, right? Uh, like 100, 120, 150, <laughs> 100, yeah. I think 130 maybe is a good bench boost. As long, as long as, yeah, as long as we don't have a game week like this one, <laughs> then yeah, I think yeah. we'll be okay. Otherwise, we'll be sitting on a 40 or something points by the end of it. Oh, imagine... I think it, it much depends on what the average is, but if I score something akin to eighty to hundred, I think I'll be, you know, I think up to hundred, I'd be relatively happy. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I think just remember, guys, all in all, a bench boost is just a boost. The triple captain is just a boost to your overall team, and just look at the fact that your key men have got two games. Uh, 29 games or 21 games depending if you're bench boosting or not and just hope for the best and enjoy it because this is basically the start of christmas for fpl managers really isn't it okay let's take a break there nick and we'll move on to our features section who got the assist who got the assist so we're back again uh my tea's gone cold but let's crack on i'm wondering how the anti-metas did tom uh, for those that don't know um, this is our team of players who aren't in the template or being spoken about in the wider meta and we try and keep them under 10 percent owned yeah it's a, it looks like a very difficult week for the anti-metas again as for everybody else they actually scored equitably to everybody else as well own the danger man Sanchez who got them 10 points uh, unfortunately the captaincy went on Eden Hazard uh, so <laughs> no, <laughs> no. another blank it's 32 points for them uh, Josh King stabbed in at the near post uh, for them in the last minute of the Bournemouth game to give them something off the you know something more um, but yeah it, it's a fairly poor game week uh, all in all with uh, Millie uh, third on the bench with yet another dead ball goal uh 10 points sitting <laughs> on their that. bench as it is for a lot of people i'm sure but yeah i mean i mean they're, they're two million um and i think obviously we're gonna wild card because i'm i'm off this coming week so i'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull the wild card and try to make a team of less than 10 percent players who have a decent 34 have a match in 35 and have a bench boost of all 37. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting week and it's going to be another kind of wild cardy sort of week. Uh, interesting one to do, especially with the parameters that, we, that we've set. I guess, uh, yeah, you'll be uh, heavily backing Southampton, a little bit of Burnley, perhaps, a little bit of Chelsea, probably. Hazard could probably stay in there, I think. He's quite anti-meta. Maybe your manager, Rue, who could keep him in there <laughs> as well. 
Yeah, we, we all love Giroud. I mean, I triple captain Giroud if I could for the anti-metas, but it did go on Sonny, and Sonny did get us our goal. Uh, so it's not that bad. But one man who is also going to be staying in is, of course, Alan Yom. Moving on to Nyom Watch, this is our section of immersing ourselves in all things Nyom, based on the fact that Nick and I were both absolutely appalled at his 5.0 valuation at the start of the season. It could well have been the, the Peter's perspective or Vimovoch, but we went, we went for we went, went for Alan, and uh, yeah, this is a, a a report on how well he did in the last game. So Alan Yom was spotted playing football this weekend in West Brom's game against Swansea. He had seventy three touches, forty five were in the opponent's half. One point two minutes per touch was recorded. He made fifty four passes, forty five were successful. That's eighty three percent for you stats nerds. He made one chance and had one penalty box touch. Danger man. He was mentioned in dispatches thusly. In the 28th minute, Rondon won a corner after good work from Alan Yom and Matt Phillips on the right-hand side. But Bront's delivery was too deep and evaded everyone. In the 63rd minute, Nyom was caught having an argument with the referee. Despite Nyom's protestations, Swansea have a free kick in a dangerous area. Klukas delivered, but Abraham headed wide. So if you see him down Subway ordering a BMT, see him in the restricted area in Ann Summers, let us know. Hashtag Neonwatch. And thanks again for everybody who's been in touch to uh, to let us know Adam's whereabouts this week. Okay, uh, let's move on to the market forces section okay. after that. Uh, Nick, you've, uh, you, uh, this is our section where we use FPL data to describe uh, the movers and shakers in the uh, FPL economy. And Nick, you've uh, had a look into it and you've got some of the, some of the data to talk about. Yep, so I've got the data here, and um, I guess the, the big mover so far um, being transferred out is uh, Roberto Firmino. He's had over 40,000 people uh, transfer him out at this particular moment in time, over 36,000 net transfers out. And uh, yeah, I guess, it, I guess it isn't a surprise again, as I always say, because uh, he's, he was the most owned uh, forwards. He had, um, he had 44% ownership. And uh, he uh, started off the bench. He, so that's um, two game weeks now in a row where he's not delivered the points. Um, he didn't start the game and he only got one point. And then the game week before, um, he only got the two points. And he doesn't have a double game week as well. So I guess um, a lot of people are selling him. But, you know, they do have a nice fixture, Bournemouth, Bournemouth away. So it could, it could potentially blow up in people's faces. But the reasons why that people are selling him is, is to bring in the likes of Harry Kane. So Harry Kane is um, the most uh, transcendent player, despite uh, blanking again. But he has a double game week and it's Harry Kane. So there's a lot of a, that fear factor in there. Uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. So, you know, he's had over 33,000 uh, transfers in at this particular moment in time. He's leading the way in terms of transfers in. And uh, yeah, a lot of people are like clamouring to, to get this guy in. Despite the fact he um, didn't actually score against Stoke, he's got those two fixtures, one of them against uh, Brighton, that a lot of people can see uh, a decent return from, and it's, and it's Harry Kane. A lot of people perhaps even planning on triple captaining him. Um, otherwise, we've also got Pogba being transferred in uh, pretty heavily. He's had over 28,000 uh, transfers what? in. One, it's one just, good game. I know. <laughs> It is, oh, a bit of, it is a bit of a weird one. You know, he's uh, been in and out a little bit of the Manchester United team as well. Um, you know, mostly playing, though, and uh, watched that game as well. Saw his performance in the second half, thinking, oh, it's Pogba, another another player who's got a huge reputation. 
it's always the case that we see these sort of Manchester United players leading the way in the net transfers in. Just he's um, he's not overly expensive as well. He's he's seven point eight million, so he's um, affordable for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of people bringing him in. Otherwise, we've also got Aubameyang being sold. Um, I'm I'm one of those people that has uh, sold Aubameyang. So a lot of people yeah, probably I'll going be doing that as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people going for that Aubameyang um, game with him. Obviously, he had those good games against Stoke and Southampton. So a lot of people owned him for the last couple of games, and he delivered the points. So he's he's got decent returns. So it's quite an unusual market forces. And this game week, that a guy who scored the last couple of game weeks is actually being heavily sold, which is very unusual, I suppose, for the for the market forces. We're normally talking about those guys being transferred in, but the fact that Aubameyang only has a single game week is uh, definitely impacting the market. This game week, put a lot of people selling him and uh, and buying Kane. Okay, uh, let's take a break there, Nick, and then we will move on to the uh, to the fairly packed community section, as always. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back again and uh, we're going to have a quick uh, catch up with the uh, Who Got the Assist mini league. And uh, top of the league still is a team name, Jamal Rice. Um, he had a relatively low scoring week, took a hit, only 29 points. So uh, another Kane captain there with just the two points and Aubameyang got him six and Sane got him five. But there's nothing uh, nothing really to shout out about there. But I guess the big talking point was uh, Simon Rutherford's heroes and villains um, have overtaken Demetane um, and jumped up to uh, second place with a, a score of 35. So he's one point ahead of Damir now. And uh, yeah, big big move there at the uh, the top of the league. And he's, he's chasing down Jamal Rice because he wants that um, Neon Watch mug. I don't know. I presume he does. But, uh, yeah, well done, Simon, for that. And uh, he did that by um, captaining Obama Yang. But he also had Jamie Vardy, who got him a nice eight-pointer. And he also had Danautovic, who got him a five-pointer. So, yeah, good score there, 38. He did have uh, Cedric, but it was his uh, third bench. So those nine points uh, didn't count towards his score, unfortunately. Fourth and fifth is still uh, Stevie Sunshine in fourth. Cruise control, 34 points. Took a minus four and ended up playing five at the back after Salah and I were both uh, ruled out. Captain Kane, Stevie Sunshine, but he got the Aspi goal. Damn you. And a uh, bit of fifth, uh, uh, Andrew Ferguson, two goals, one schlop. Uh, been speaking to him a little bit uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, really nice guy. Uh, Captain Aubameyang, uh, 28 points. Okay, um, moving on to the shout outs. There's an enduring shout out to FPL Stag and Alex Ball. Obviously, Nick is still here. He's still uh, benefiting from his dulcet tones. Uh, but they're waiting eagerly on the bench for whenever you get the call, Nick, that you are no longer not the father in Maury Povich's words. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be, it'd be really cool to have them on. But yeah, thanks very much, guys, for, for being there. And uh, I think that the other thing to say is that uh, we've got a bit of news as well. So uh, Nick and I have both been playing a game called Football Index. Uh, it's it's basically buying in stocks for football players and you know, they rise and fall and you, you do spend real money. We know uh, Football Index guide fairly well. Nick indeed has been in this pod. And over the net, um, you know, in the future, we may put a few Football Index related tweets and uh, blogs out there and we may have pet on to talk about uh, uh, football index um as part of our pod but obviously we know that fpl is the main the, the main driving force of our pod so we're never ever going to go over that line and uh, if anything the football index stuff will come after the end credits for those who are interested but just let you guys know because we didn't want to start you know tweeting something which wasn't fpl or mentioning something which wasn't fpl without telling you first like tom said yeah um our prime primary focus is on fpl 
and then um, we're just going to do some additional uh, content on the side potentially going forward it's something that we both enjoy doing um exercising our football knowledge to make money effectively um so um hopefully that'll be something that you guys will enjoy going forward okay um let's move on to the community uh, section and uh thank you very much for the quality of the questions we got tonight um i'm aware that a lot of people were hurting and a lot of questions that we got were probably uh born out of that hurt and we will try our best to uh, answer them so the first question is about chelsea the chelsea blues uh tom campbell utterly tc on twitter and uh, fpl awesome asked us about chelsea assets uh, fpl awesome asked you know what do we do about them they're looking rubbish and uh, tom spe- specifically asked about the clean sheet uh, the lack of clean sheets even uh, for chelsea defenders and the fact that they're all over six million especially with uh, injuredson christensen not playing this weekend what do we do with these guys going forward um nick i believe you've been looking at this a little bit yeah i have so um yeah and it's a great question so thanks for that tom um i have and i think it's a tough one because um i've got a little bit of a spare cash in uh, my wallets uh, thanks to um just uh, various transfers previously and um i've got i think um i'm planning on possibly selling either Lowton or, or dunk probably most likely Lowton. and i've got i think i've got up to like so about 5.8 million to spend on it actually sorry 6.2 million so i was thinking about chelsea and um, as one of my options for the defense and i think it's worth um, pointing out that despite sort of chelsea's sort of defensive uh poor performances the actual two um, top performing defenders in the game right now are aspi and alonso and you know they're outscoring all other defenders so those guys have been doing really well and uh, i know that tom was uh, punished for selling aspi and i think if you're looking at the the lack of clean sheets maybe um and you own Naspi and Alonso, I would definitely say stick with these guys because, that you know, Chelsea's fixtures are great. They've got Southampton and Burnley in a double game week. They've got Swansea away in 36. They've got a tough game against Liverpool, but they've also got a really nice fixture against Huddersfield at home in that double game week. And up, up until this game week, and it, it was only because it was gifted, Huddersfield hadn't scored in, in many, many game weeks away from home. And finally finishing the season with Newcastle. So, you know, in terms of fixtures, you don't get much better um and Chelsea's defensive solidity as as Tom Person is a commentary that they've only had one clean sheet since the January the 20th but actually over the season they've had 14 and it's it's only two less than United and it's only one less than City Paul and Spurs so you know they've been relatively solid in terms of defensive performance over the season for goals conceded they're only fifth um with uh, 31 over the season. That's only seven less than the leaders, um, Manchester City. But um, I think it's their, their recent form that leaves much to be desired. But I think with those fixtures, I think I think they're really good fixtures. And I think I think I wouldn't write off that Chelsea defence. I mean, um, I think uh, I am looking at the likes of Rudiger and Christensen as potential options. But yeah, with Christensen, he's a bit of a, a risk, isn't he? He's not. He doesn't play too often. I mean, the way he's been injured and he's been, um, yeah, his minutes have been managed. Rudiger, he seems to be rotated a little bit in the defence as well. So for me, I think it's a choice between Chelsea, Spurs and United. Um, United, I've already got Smalling and I can't trust any of their other players to start because they get rotated. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking about that Vatonian uh, comfort blanket, actually, Tom. Yeah, that makes, yeah that, that makes sense. I mean, um, I, I obviously sold us for the Quetta. 
got very I, I put out my reasons for why um I kept him in the first place, why I had him in my 34 team. He is a bonus magnet. Did not expect him to score. If if anything, it would have been Alonso who scored. As you point out, the the you know, the bold facts are that they are the top two scoring defenders, as, as we kind of see most seasons. They are the guys who are bothering the very top. Uh, the issue is, as Tom is pointing out, I think, uh, not me, Tom Campbell was pointing out, I think, uh, that the cost can be a bit of an issue because the cost can hold you back from having, you know, Kane and Kaku. Uh, for, for me, I had to uh, divest to make sure I had that 0.9 um, that I could spend elsewhere. And I reached for that Vertonghen con- comfort blanket, as you mentioned. Like, oh, I'm so lucky. I'm so glad I didn't do Bavis. I think you, you kind of talked me out of it at the last minute, didn't you? Despite trying to talk me into it too, which was a bit strange. <laughs> um, but um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think I probably agree with um, where Tom's going with the question, which is that for me, I think that you can't seem to trust Chelsea at the moment. They haven't quite got the solidity that we, they, we're kind of hoping for and, and looking for. But the, the fixtures are just so good. Yeah. That you can't ignore them either. And it's an interesting quandary. I mean, I've got Willian. I'm going to keep Willian because of the, the potential is obviously huge. Like beyond that, I mean, do you want to trust their defense? I think there's going to be, you know, one or two clean sheets in there, uh, for sure. It's just whether you pay the the extra one million compared to a Spurs defender who also have ridiculous running. I don't know whether it's worth it. I really don't. I mean, Alonso, you were looking at him very strongly last week and I was pulling you up on him, wasn't I? Um I mean it can you still trust Alonso? I mean, I don't think you can look at Aspi and think, yeah, he's going to score every week because that's just plainly ridiculous. But are you looking at Alonso still, Nick, and thinking you might bring him in? Yeah, I do want him, actually, to be honest. I made the case for him last game week. But um, I think it's just a case of budget for me. The only way that I could afford Alonso would be to either sell Chris Smalling and take the minus four, which I'm not going to do, or or take a minus eight this game week, and, and that's not going to work for me either just to bring in Alonso we've already had a big discussion about minus eights so but I know I I feel like he could easily haul this game week Uh, it's it's, it's a tough one so uh, yeah unfortunately um, because of Kane coming back from injury quicker than expected it it put kind of a scupper to that original plan um, which was to sort of bring in Alonso for Smalling and and also um, bring in David De Gea on the minus four but I've I've ended up not doing that. I've ended up obviously bringing Harry Kane in because I felt felt like I needed to cover Kane. So no Alonso for me. Um, yeah, and I don't know Rudiger, Christensen. I don't know if these guys are, are really worth it either. So uh, yeah, it might be that Vertonghen comfort blanket as we keep describing it. Yeah, but they're priced too prohibitively. I think is probably probably the outcome there, especially with Kane being so expensive. You need to not be spending too much at the back to afford a player like that. I think we just kind of uh, vaguely mentioned it, but uh, Kylie um, asked us about a a hit limit. So she said, you know, you've got short-term buys like the Gunners players sitting in our teams. Uh, Lots of players are looking a little bit problematic as well. Um, Maybe like, you know, Christensen or whatever. And you could start start to remove them. So you can take the Gunners' assets out, you can take Christensen out, you can take, you know, player X and player Y who isn't really performing ahead of the double game week. And it will soon start to mount up. So how many hits is acceptable in a double game week, do we think? 
Yeah, I mean, we've made this whole sort of spiel about how minus eights are a bit too risky, I guess. But then you you called me up on the fact that the last um, season I actually took a minus eight for the double game week. Um, and uh, I understand if you do have injuries, if you do have lots of players like Arsenal players, we talk about how um, a hit isn't really a minus four, it's a minus two because the player you're going to bring in is going to play. And that really um, plays a role, I guess, in the bench boost because it's like the minus four. If you've got an injured player and you're playing your bench boost, it's not really a hit at all if you're expecting that guy to play two games because, you know, 90 minutes, 90 minutes will be four points guaranteed as well. So, you know, if you've already taken a hit and then you get an injury and you're thinking about having to take another hit and then even maybe another hit at the end of the day, you know, you've you've got to do it because if you're playing your bench boost, then you're sort of, you're zeroing out straight away anyway if the player you're bringing in is going to, going to play. Um, I think for me, on the double game week, it's a little bit different, and that's the week that we've both historically taken minus eights. And I think that, the, I mean, as Marco, uh, our, our designer, said in our Slack, didn't he, that um, a hit is basically halved, as you just said, for every double game week. So a minus eight is actually a minus four. Uh, I can kind of get behind that to some extent. Like, it is the time to throw caution to the wind. And, uh, you know, it might be a bit of a mockingbird on your shoulder at the end when you're just like, yeah, as I found with double game week 37 last year, the fact I took a minus eight compared to your minus four meant that I scored less. Um, but at the end of the day, it's very fine margins. And I think it's definitely worth going all out for double game weeks because at the end of the day you know when's the time when you're going to make up the points so it is now like the time is now to 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 take that kind of risk and, and you know, move a player on who as nick said is going to only play once for a player who's going to play twice and hope for the very best uh, the limit for me is probably a minus eight i think the minus 12 is 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 beginning to get quite difficult to come back from i can't remember the last time i, I ever took a minus 12 i think that would just be a an injury crisis squared kind of situation i take a minus 12 uh, but a minus eight i think is definitely viable this week yeah definitely i think i think it's the best opportunity at this particular moment in time to to be taking those hits you know this time when kids are sort of feeling rebellious aren't they and you know just just going for the moves the next sets of questions are basically about the uh, whether united are the colors that we're going to be betting on um Paul, uh, IAPFPL, asks if Maureen Mourinho is going to finally take the handbrake off. And linked to this, uh, Vinay Kumar asks, is Kaku worth bringing in for 34? I've kind of vaguely answered that already, actually. And uh, Wenger's coat asks whether Kaku or Kane are our men uh, for, the, for the double game week. And uh, yeah, United are an interesting one, aren't they, Nick? Yeah, they are. And... Uh... It's a good question uh, from Paul about whether Marino's going to take the handbrake off. I'm sure he's probably just going to be same old Marino. And uh, that West Brom game's probably not going to be the most exciting for the first half. And then we'll probably see a glut of about four goals in the last 20 minutes. Most likely um, most likely a, a Rashford brace and a Martial goal and, and probably... Jay Ling's Lingard getting the fourth with no Lukaku involvement at all. That's, that's my at least my prediction <laughs> for that particular game week. But um, but yeah, uh, it'll, we'll, we'll have to see with Lukaku. I think he's still I think he's still worth bringing him in if, if you don't have him. But then um, I think uh, Kaku and Kane are definitely the the two premium forwards worth owning for this game week and. Uh, it's uh yeah, I think if you have a Bam Yang and you, you don't have Lukaku, I think it's still probably worth the move like the one you're doing there, Tom. But um 
yeah, I think I think we'll definitely see some goals from Manchester United, but it'll probably be spread between the, the players and, and Lukaku probably will blank. That's my prediction. That's a very pessimistic prediction, <laughs> but oh well. So for me, I think um, I'm, I'm still going to captain Harry Kane. But I am, obviously, I still would recommend that people bring in um, Lukaku just because uh, he might he might score a couple. But yeah. I can't I can't see that I can't see that huge haul that um, many are um, suspecting. I mean, if we look at his uh, sort of numbers for the season, I think the last brace he scored was literally in the, in the first game week of the season. So yeah, it's been a sort of a bit of a, a mixed campaign. He's got 15 goals and seven assists, which is obviously a, a very decent return. But it's it's not quite. Um, what you would expect, I guess, in his opening season for Manchester United. But you know, last season he did score twenty five, so you know he he might he might have a, a haul. Yeah, I, I think um, Kane and Kaku are probably going to be the two for me. It's, it's kind of like a mirror image of the start of the season. I remember before game week one, we were saying that it's going to be a Kane Kaku kind of vibe, and I think that's kind of going to continue. If you are thinking United, I think you've got the De Gea. And you've probably got Kaku as being the two players, apart from Sanchez, who we're going to come on to in a second, um, being the two players who are, for all intents and purposes, going to be run into the ground by Mourinho over the next kind of few months and uh, the next couple of months, I suppose. And I think that there's going to be, as I said earlier on, a lot of triple captains primed and ready to go uh, for Lukaku. So I think he's definitely worth bringing in. I mean, over Kane, Nick, would you ever bring in Lukaku over Kane? Uh, well, I mean, only if Kane was sort of like an injury doubt and um, he uh, he had a single game week or something. But I think in in this circumstance, I would definitely club for Kane and, and my recommendation would be to, to spend the money. Despite his, uh, he's still sort of recovering, I guess, a little bit from injury. You know, I would never bet against him, especially in a, in a double game week. OK, and the final question is from uh, Alex Ball. He's asked, Sanchez, is Sanchez a viable option? for double game week 34 captaincy uh 11.5 nick would you ever and ha- could you ever fit him in well i think if, if i was to try and fit him in it would definitely be a case of going down the eight mile and just like just doing a minus eight and, and ripping my wild card team apart to, to try and fit him in obviously someone like son or Mares would have to go maybe even take that gamble and sell salah and then i'd also have to somehow probably sell Lukaku as well. So it's not something that I can actually um, do. And it's definitely not a risk that I'm willing to take for a player, especially um, considering I think he's going to be, because of his price point and his ownership is still very low, even though he's he's had a couple of decent games. I think the risk is is definitely too high for me to bring this guy in. But if you own him, then captain him for sure. And if I owned him and if somehow I had already got him in my team or I had the foresight to take the gamble and put Sanchez in my wildcard team, which would have been a really good call um, for anyone that did do that and took that gamble, then I would probably captain him now because of the fixtures and the fact that he's in, he's actually starting to show some really good form. I think he mate. I think he like definitely fulfills a certain role. Uh, he fulfills the role of being the, uh, the neglected captain choice. And he's got 24 points in the last two game weeks. And he potentially, uh, we know what Sanchez can do. Last year, he was the de facto go-to captain for both the double game weeks. But at 11.5, he is 1 million, I think, over budget uh, for a lot of teams, including mine. Like if you, if you start to bring him in, then you've got to make serious compromises elsewhere because, like, you know, there's no real mid-price 
forwards outside of maybe the one you own that you're going to want. Like, you're going to want to roll with Barnes, Murray, and Kane and Sanchez and miss out on one on uh, somebody else. I mean, it is quite difficult. And because you've got Salah perhaps occupying a spot and maybe you've got Ericsson if you don't have Salah or if you've got them both, like trying to fit Sanchez in is more of a headache than uh, fitting Lukaku in, I, I think. And that's especially the case for me where I've got to take a minus eight to bring Sanchez in versus just a minus four to bring Lukaku in. And if I bring Sanchez in, I even I also have to remove a defender for Staffy, who's a 4.3. And that defender is probably not going to be a double game weaker because I'm going to bring in Vardy probably. Um who's like, you know, the the fourth best striker, the, the the third best, fourth best striker almost. The third best striker, I guess, if you've got Kane and Kaku, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The third yeah, yeah. So um, I, I I feel like he's just he's just too awkwardly priced uh, for me, but that you could you could certainly, as Nick said, have um, a, a field day with captaining him because he's such a differential. Um, but at the moment, for me, it's it's just it's just too much. And people who are free hitting this game week could have a real field day of uh, of having him in their teams and managing to fit him into their teams. Whereas those of uh, stationary teams are going to really struggle with that. Yeah, and I guess uh, I guess I like, I just think with Sanchez, I think if you did bring him in on your wild card over Lukaku, that was so smart. But unfortunately, I didn't, and now it's, it's going to require too much surgery to to bring him in personally. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things, isn't it? As usual, that if you look at it in a vacuum, yes, it's probably a very cool idea to have Sanchez three point one percent owned in your team, captain for those amazing games. But the reality is that you have to really sacrifice a lot to do so. And is it going to make? Is he going to make up a minus eight if you're going to bring Kaku in for a minus four? Well, it's very tough. It's, it's it's really down to individual judgment. Okay, and uh, let's let's move on to the end then, Nick. So, uh, captain choices and changes for this week coming. Um, you've kind of said that you're bringing, you've brought Kane in already, and you're weighing up a, a minus four to maybe bring in a better defender. Yeah, that's right. So I've brought Kane in already for Bamiyan. Kane looked like he's um, going to rise tonight actually in value, so I just thought I'd, I'd get him in before that 0.1 rise. And uh, yeah, he, he's a must-own anyway, I think, personally. So yeah, I just made the move early this time round, And uh, I've got the minus four, so I've got 6.2 potentially for um, a low-term replacement. Um, I don't know necessarily if I'm actually going to do it or not. I haven't decided whether I just, you know, just play um, Lewis Dunk or Lowton um, as that third defender in my team alongside Morgan and Smalling. But, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, if it's anyone at the moment, it's probably going to be Fatonia and he's the one. And he's a bit of a boring choice. It means yeah, our definitely. teams are converged even more as well, which oh. makes it a bit uncomfortable. Maybe I'll go for Davidson Sanchez just to, yeah, to the keep, the pod, Sanchez, keep yeah. pod a bit fresh, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, of course, he'll probably get sent off, that means. Or get yeah. Goal, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the move I'm weighing up, at least, um, for the moment. What about yourself? Well, I think uh, for me, it's two transfers. The first is Aubameyang saying goodbye to him, bringing in Lukaku and Staffy out for a cheap defender, as I said, probably going to be Lowton. 
but you know it could be Ben Chilwell and hoping for an assist and something or other. It's it's, it's pretty difficult, isn't it? And at the end of the day, that player is going to be on my bench for the rest of the season. So it could be that I bring in uh, you know Danny Simpson and and just oh. hope for the best with him. Who knows? Okay, uh, there's a theme to every pod. Uh, last week it was the Wombats, and uh, very well done to Andy Penman, uh, who got that first. Although there were a few people who uh, from the pod title got got, got it. So. Uh, Kind of well done to them, but yeah, you know, you've got you got to tell us that is it this, and, and it will give you the gold star. Um, just to reiterate who we are as well, we are who got the assist. You can find us at who got assist.com online and at WGCA underscore FPL. Yep, and our lead code is one five three eight dash one seven four zero three, and we'll be back at some point next week. Uh, we haven't decided on the day yet because the fixtures are all a bit congested, but I'm sure we'll figure it out and uh, let you know in advance. Yeah, we've got to do a, a free hit preview. Uh, obviously, it depends on whether your son arrives. Uh, if, if it's not Nick, it will, as I always say, at this type of point in the pod, it seems recently, uh, be the dulcet tones of Alex Ball or be the Gaelic tones of uh, FPL Stack. Okay, thanks very much, guys, for listening. We hope this assisted you. Goodbye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're back again. Um, my tea's gone a little bit cold, but I'm, I'm, let's continue. <laughs> I'll do that again. <laughs> my tea's gone cold. I'm wondering why. <laughs> my tea's gone cold. I'm wondering how the anti-metastics on. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sports Social Podcast Network.